Do you want to travel the world without even leaving your bedroom? With us, you can. You're listening to Experience the World airs every Wednesday at 5 p.m. And for one hour, we are your one-way ticket to the rest of the world. Always on 89.6 Mustad FM. Hello guys, it's the Experience the World and today with you are Andre and Tristan. Hello everybody. And today our imaginary plane will take us to the United States of America and we will speak about the maybe the most technologically developed region, yeah. Silicon Valley. <laughs> yeah, most famous for all this uh, big uh, company today. One of the most important um, place for technology today with a lot of headquarters, especially like uh, Google or Facebook or all this uh, big uh, trademark. Silicon Valley is known today for this, but his story is more different and we talk about it uh, today. Yeah, why we picked this topic actually, why I thought about it, because one Russian journalist made a documentary about Russians who are now working in the Silicon Valley and they actually started to be very interested in it because other countries, uh, even Russia, tried to have their own kind of Silicon Valley but it's nothing compared to the Silicon Valley in the USA. So I started to think, what happened? How did the Silicon Valley become so successful? And while exploring this topic, I could see there was a long, long way. And actually, which was surprising for me, this all started more than 170 years ago, some of the scientists say. When a carpenter named James Marshall spied yellow flakes in a riverbed while working on a lumber mill in the Sierra foothills. This event actually was the beginning of the famous gold rush when a lot of people from all over the United States uh, started to move to California to get gold. This is actually a really big cultural event too. Yeah, it's a part of the history of United States and I think it's also a very big event that uh, shaped a lot of region in the uh, United States. Because yes. a lot of people moving it, build some uh, city, some uh, factory and uh, all this kind of thing. Yeah, and the exact number of people who moved were around 300,000 settlers. They moved to California whose population was around 15,000. So it's like... 20 times more. A big change. Yes, but the Golden Rush, even though it seems like it was going for a long, long time, no, the Golden Rush didn't last long because by the middle of the 1850s, big businesses had mostly taken over the mining operation and all the people who wanted to dig for gold, they had to work for these big companies. Since this, California is perceived as a place of new beginnings and also the place where they are tolerant to failure. This is actually one of the things on which Silicon Valley is based. That failure is also an experience and if you failed and if you will try to fix something, then you are a valuable asset for the companies in the Silicon Valley. Yeah, so like the American dream during uh, this yes. century. But it's funny because before this uh, big uh, gold rush, this place, this region of California, was first lived by uh, native people, which are live uh, peacefully without this uh, richness or this uh, race for gold. And after, there is also some um, Spanish uh, people mm -hmm. with a uh, beginning of colonization. And California was first a very big um, agricultural uh, region with big agricultural field. And it's uh, very impressive how the gold rush uh, shape yeah. and uh, transform yes. all these things. 
totally transformed, like they made the region opposite of what it was first. And then, moving on, in the history of Silicon Valley, another event occurred. Amasa Lila Stanford, who was one of the big four, a group of California merchants who banded together to build the western portion of America's first transcontinental railroad, he lived there lavishly of the profits of his railroads. And he might have faded into history if not for a tragedy that struck the family in 1884, when his 15-year-old son, Leland Jr., who was sent to Europe to get a proper education, died of typhoid fever while touring Italy. With no heir to pass on all their wealth to, the grief-stricken parents decided to launch a university, and in 1885 they donated their land to a new school, with the unusual stipulation that it could never be sold. And since then, there appeared one of the most, I think, famous universities in the world, the yeah. Stanford University. I think we can say that. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I heard that first it was strange, because California at that time, even though with the gold rush, it wasn't the region for the universities. And actually, that region already had one university, which was State University of Berkeley. And for some people, it was strange that there is another university. But now the time proved Leland Stanford right. Yeah, as I can uh, read about it, I understand at the beginning with uh, this gold rush, California became a region with a lot of big factory, but led by uh, all people or people that are already worker. And there is not a lot of opportunity to work for people who just got this diploma. Mm -hmm. So it's why a lot of people find this uh, new university strange. But uh, after all, now we see uh, that it was a good idea. And the role of uh, Stanford University in the birth of uh, Silicon Valley is also really important. Yes, because even though when the Stanford University, now we're moving to the 20th century, even though when the Stanford University was already working and a lot of people were studying there, most of them, when they got their diploma, they moved somewhere else. And this was a problem actually for the professors of the Stanford University. And one of them, one of the most consequential figure, is Frederick Terman, who arrived to Stanford University in 1925, having just finished a PhD in electrical engineering at the MIT. And he was the one who wanted to, for people, for the graduates of Stanford to stay in Silicon Valley and develop it. That's why he is considered by many as a founding father of Silicon Valley. But how can you like leave people in the region when they have more perspectives, for example, maybe Boston versus the MIT where they can work at the university campus? That's a big uh, question that uh, Frederick Thurman thinks about it. He wants to avoid this uh, classic um, idea of uh, brain drain. When people finish their studies, they go in other places which are more attracting for a job or for, I don't know, salary or some uh, life opportunity. And you want to transform California and create a place which uh, the students are able to work after the study and uh, together continue to grow up this place and shape step-by-step uh, -step this uh, workplace for everybody. This is actually the problem not only of the Silicon Valley or Stanford University because all over the world, world students uh, finish the university and then go there while they think it will be better for them. And actually this uh, example of the Russian IT specialists who are now working in the Silicon Valley, it's also a loss of Russia because it's a part of the country's development. And I think some countries may take this example to make their students stay 
and have a nice life and develop in the areas that they are good at. Frederick Terman, for the students, he offered them to have businesses in the Silicon Valley. And the first company, and most consequentially, to do so was Hewlett Packard, founded by Stanford graduates William Hewlett and David Packard, who Terman encouraged to partner together. They took his advice and became the original garage startup in 1939, when they formalized their partnership making electrical test equipment out of a rented one-car garage in Palo Alto. In 1938, Bill Hewlett and Dave Packard decided to make a run for it in business. Dave left his job at General Electric in and returned to Palo Alto while Bill scouted rentals. He found one perfect for their needs on Edison Avenue, chosen specifically because of a garage he and Dave could use as their work workshop. The property also offered a three-room ground floor flat to Dave and his new wife Lucille. They shared the $45 per month rent. The garage served as a research lab, development workshop and manufacturing facility for early products including the Model 200A audio oscillator. And actually, this garage is also considered as one of the beginnings of the Silicon Valley and now it's a museum where everybody can go and see where all the technical uh, revolutions started. The first started. office of uh, Silicon Valley. Yes. Yeah, I think also the story and the grown-up of Silicon Valley is really linked with the uh, Second World War because um, when uh, Frederick Treman think about it, it was during the... 30s, 40s, mm -hmm. so it can took place after the war. Yes. And um, the time after the Second World War was important for the creation of new factories, especially in a computer field, with a lot of uh, factories which uh, create and build this little uh, piece that computer need. Mm -hmm. With, for example, the most famous is uh, silicon that gave the name to Silicon Valley today. And it also links with the fact that during the war and after the war, United States government put a lot of money in a research in development of new technology, of new uh, weapons that we know, but also of new uh, communication thing, of new way of moving and uh, all these things. So all these things together allow the future Silicon Valley and Frederick Treman to invite a lot of factories to took place in the Silicon Valley uh, area because the field of the university was really, really large. So we got a lot of place to invite factory to create some headquarters in it. And step-by-step uh, -step factory come. And as uh, the California was a very rich uh, land, thanks to its past factory, the previous agricultural field or all these things, they are able to build new factory, new building and to host a new factory, new company. So all these things together allow the birth of Silicon Valley and step by step the student after their study work to this new factory and help this factory to grow up, to become bigger and bigger. And today we know the Silicon Valley as one of the best, maybe the best place for new technology. And it's look like one of the places which are the most in advance on this time. We create the new development, the new technology of tomorrow. And that's completely right about the war. Actually, even during the war, the Silicon Valley was a place where they developed something for the needs of military. And I think that's when the 
partnership between the Silicon Valley, Stanford University and the military, American military started to grow up because after the war there was the division of the world and then started the Cold War where one of the biggest sites was the technological race between the USA and USSR and especially the military and space field. And so the other event that I know that made uh, American authorities help the Silicon Valley develop more and more was when the Soviet Union launched the Sputnik into the open space and it was actually a big, big step for the in this race and everybody was shocked in the USA that Soviet Union could do this. So the financial aid for the Silicon Valley from the state for the development of everything, uh, of the technology began to grow more and more and helped Silicon Valley to prosper even before the big giants like Google and uh, Apple started to appear. Yeah. Silicon Valley appears like maybe one of the first um, startup region uh, on the history of the world <laughs> with all this birth of little factory which uh, become bigger and bigger. And um, of course there is this uh, financial help after the war and during the war. But there is also a kind of human help, if I can say it like that, mm -hmm. because a lot of uh, scientists and uh, sometimes also some uh, Nobel Prize go to Silicon Valley and to this new factory in order to create new laboratory to help the people who cherish uh, in place and to share their knowledge and help also with the financial aspect, but also with the human aspect, this factory and this land to grow up. Yeah, and... Uh... It's good that you started to speak about people who come to the Silicon Valley to also develop it, not only financial aid, but human aid. And actually people in the Silicon Valley, they have their own mentality. Because this environment, free from the business consequences of failure, produced a distinct culture for the people who worked at these companies or studied engineering at Stanford or the nearby University of California at Berkeley. It trained an entire generation of industry leaders in the Santa Clara Valley to be a different kind of leader and to approach problems much differently than more conservative firms might have done. Companies on the East Coast like Digital Electric, IBM and others had more established traditions than they were able to maintain, no matter how much money the military or NASA threw at them. The companies that filled the Santa Clara Valley, however, were newer and came to define themselves by the lessons they learned in the 10 to 15 years after Sputnik. There was a culture of personal networks built out of a decade of collaboration mixed with the competition, wrapped up in the ability to hop from company to company without penalty, unlike states like Massachusetts with its tech-heavy Route 128 corridor, California bans non-compete clauses in contracts. Most importantly of all, they possess the learned state of mind that failure is just another step towards success, rather than the end of one's efforts. At my eyes, it looks like the continues of uh, this American dream, which is possibility for people to go in a new land and to start from uh, zero. And thanks to their skill, they are able to run up the, the step of the success. Yeah, and moving on in the history, in the 1963, it was reported that Stanford Industrial Park has grown to include 40 companies employing 11,500 people, with half of those companies being in electronics. Headlines in the paper, which a decade earlier might have been talking about crop yields and plum prices, now had headlines like 
Tiny gadget helps women's heartbeat after coronary, superheat reactor powers generator, and San Jose engineers expand. And another people who were working in the Silicon Valley and had this state of mind were two famous, I think one of the most famous people from Silicon Valley, Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs, who also started from the suburban garage. There they put the boards of their first computer, the Apple One, starting in 1976. They hired neighborhood kids for help. Uh, it was only a couple of years later that they moved to Cupertino, not far from the company's Curate campus on Bradley Drive. It was like continuing the tradition of Hewlett and Packard to start your business in the garage. And it's actually, for me, it, their garage of Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs was more popular and more famous than the garage of Hewlett and Packard. Yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the beginning of Steve Jobs' garage and uh, after the creation of uh, Apple uh, trademark is also show a kind of change in uh, Silicon Valley and factory. Because at the beginning, Silicon Valley was a place with a factory in an electronical field with a Texas instrument, for example, one of the most famous, I think, and with a lot of laboratory and research place in this field. But with the beginning of computer science, internet and web science, web development, Silicon Valley need to change this way of working in order to be adapt to this new technology new way of working, new way of uh, creating. And for me, Steve Jobs and uh, Apple, they look like the beginning and the very first factory in this field in uh, Silicon Valley, which are like the first garage, the kind of birthplace for a new step, a new evolution for Silicon Valley. And today, I think this uh, work in uh, computer science is really important in uh, Silicon Valley, and it's a big part of... Uh, financial aspect of Silicon Valley and, and it can explain why Silicon Valley is known in uh, all the world but is still connected with all the previous factory with all the history and the previous uh, financial resource of uh, this uh, place and it's why Silicon Valley works so much for me it's because it's a place we use the past to build the future mm -hmm. at each time they use the financial resource of their past, of their previous factory, of their previous work in order to build something which is more in the wave of uh, today's factory, of the creation of today. And it's why Silicon Valley continue to grow up and to be so famous today. And uh, it can also explain why it's a place that uh, attract uh, so much people and look like a kind of uh, Eldorado of uh, modern time to work in it. Yeah, but we were speaking about positive sides of the Silicon Valley, but actually with the more and more growing uh, profits, there appearing social tensions. For example, Silicon Valley company may be willing to invest in a startup or found a coding bootcamp, but it may be increasingly resistant to paying taxes that would fund public educations. Some of the most vocal residents of the regional Silicon Valley remain convinced that the government is and always has been an obstacle to their success, not the prime mover of it, and they act on that belief to the detriment of the social fabric. Uh, in the end, you may 
uh, end up with a perverse form of the resource curse on your hands, where the immediate concentration of so much wealth does not enrich your society as expected, but instead leads to heightened wealth and income inequality, social unrest, corruption and democratic backsliding that is often seen in the developing world. And actually, in the documentary that I watched, one of the uh, heroes, one of the characters, he said that there is actually a problem because there is this uh, really rich district in which the companies are, the people are living, the great restaurants, but then you cross the road and there is a poor district with poor people with uh, higher crime rates and uh, even for some people the police doesn't recommend to go to that district. Yeah, it seems like... Um... All this uh, wealth and uh, financial resources are just in order to be used again in just Silicon Valley and not used to grow up and change the society of all the region. And it's why I think it's difficult to have a just good aspect of Silicon Valley because it's a really, really rich place in order to have an idea of all the money which are able to be in Silicon Valley. All the financial resources of Silicon Valley is uh, equal to all the financial resources of a country like uh, Chile, for example. Mm -hmm. So yes. it looks very weird that uh, just a uh, factory region are more or than rich than a country. And uh, yeah, all this uh, richness which are able to be used in order to change uh, social uh, life of uh, California to change education, to change uh, the, the place, is not used a lot for that. It's just used to change Silicon Valley, which are just in the scale of all California or of all United States, just a little place. And it looks sometimes unfair because this place looks to be at the very highest point of uh, research, factory and new technology. Mm -hmm, yes. And maybe sometimes when you reach... Uh, like the summit, you can maybe uh, starting to slow down your working rhythm in order to make some other problems, some other issue solve with uh, the money that you uh, that you win with all your work. I think, but of course it's a political uh, issue and it's very difficult to say uh, which is the good middle between uh, continue to work like that and maybe put some uh, money in other uh, issue, in other social issue. Uh, as, and as you s were speaking about the capitals uh, staying in the, in the region of Silicon Valley and not going anywhere, you reminded me of another interesting thing, actually. How Stanford University uh, found the ways to be financed. Because uh, first, graduates were going away from Stanford University and they had even their companies in Silicon Valley, but the university... Of course, it had like reputational goods from this, but uh, they didn't have money from it. And then I heard the story about two uh, graduates of the University of Stanford. Uh, the first one is uh, Sergey Brin, who was the founder of the Google, one of the founders. And because he used a lot of uh, campus uh, facilities, Stanford had to make him buy out their share of the company at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> yes, but there is another graduate who is Jerry Young and who is the founder of another 
searching system Yahoo. And uh, for them, he they thought that he didn't use a lot of facilities and that's why they didn't make him uh, pay for the company. They just gave him all the all everything he developed inside the university. So nowadays, Stanford can be like a shareholder in the beginning of the company and after that they may ask the person, the inventor, to uh, buy out uh, the company that the student organized. And also another thing that I heard, because there are a lot of famous and rich graduates from Stanford and it's a tradition to give money like to charity to develop the university and now I heard that every year uh, more than a billion of dollars comes from the graduates into the okay. budget of Stanford University. So yeah, nowadays it looks like a place not uh, reachable for everybody. <laughs> it looks like some change. And uh, yeah, indeed, in Silicon Valley, when you got a big diploma, when you are able to work in an informatic field to make some development programmation, you can... Uh, go in it and have a good life, a good salary. But for all this uh, other work that are maybe less uh, considered in a society or in this kind of uh, place, in this kind of factory, life is uh, more difficult. Your salary and your life level is uh, lower mm -hmm. and you yes. have more difficulty to continue to live in this place because all this place became uh, richer and richer and they started to become just for rich people. So Silicon Valley is starting today maybe to create a kind of um, cage mm. that are just for people that are already in it or people that are able to go in it. To but go it, in it, yes. It's, it's not maybe less uh, easy to enter in it and to make his own road than before at the beginning. Yeah, that's actually an interesting thought because for me, going to the Silicon Valley and maybe living there, working there is impossible because I don't have the qualities that are needed there, for example, to work, or I don't have qualities and finance to go and study in the Stanford University. Yeah, that's actually touches me, your thought. But it's also interesting how uh, Silicon Valley adapted to the today's situation because pandemic affected a lot of businesses, a lot of companies. But Silicon Valley being made by these uh, chains of people uh, which can communicate even not meet, even not meeting, some of the companies are actually don't get really, really bad hit by the, by the pandemic and people yeah. can still, yeah. They are able to continue to work and to work, yes, work. and develop at home and uh, to not be affected by the pandemic. Yeah. And I think also about this um, aspect of Silicon Valley, which are uh, able to think about nowadays and uh, evolve with this time. It's starting since uh, year 2010, I think, something like that, to put a lot of money in some factory, which makes some uh, research for uh, new energy, more uh, clean energy for mm -hmm. uh, Earth. And so in this case, there is... a uh, more than, uh, I think, seven or eight factory in Silicon Valley. We work in this field. And I think it's also important for this place to have um, this kind of factory because it's an issue of today. And we saw all these very rich people with all this money starting to put some money in uh, this uh, global warning issue. 
And uh, of course, for me, it looks like uh, an evidence for Silicon Valley to follow this road. Mm-hmm. And it also can be the starting of a new way for Silicon Valley because it creating new job, new skill needed, and new factory, and maybe can uh, starting to, I don't know, break this kind of cage of uh, difficulty to enter in it, but <laughs> I think is a very big issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I still think that Silicon Valley is one of the regions that is ready for the changes of the world. And that uh, this mentality that has been built, as we already said, more than 170 years ago started to be built. And in nowadays world, the Silicon Valley, yeah, I think it's like the point in the world that is really, really ready to change and it absorbs the new people with the new thoughts and uh, developing technology, not only for the public life, civil life, but also for the military. So I think that Silicon Valley is awaited by a great future. Yeah, of course. Through his history and uh, from his birth to nowadays, it's one of the most important places of the world one of the most important places of uh, California, which are able to change, to evolve, and to grow up uh, day after day. So I think uh, this kind of uh, success story can continue during a lot of years again. Yeah, and uh, maybe uh, Silicon Valley may not even be the example for the countries, but even for you, dear listeners, that nothing is achieved like just in a one click that you need to work for it and to not be afraid of failure because failure is also a great great experience yeah yeah you need to have some uh, fail in your life to learn about it and to continue to be better and uh, yeah i think story of silicon valley is a good story and good example which can uh, be a kind of uh, motivation and inspiration in your way of thinking or working we don't uh, say to us to create a new silicon valley but if you want uh, did it we are happy <laughs> with it yes. i don't know if silicon valley which are able to be built in uh, niger gaza but uh, who knows mm-hmm. but just to think about um, yeah this way of thinking way of working and this need to progress and to not be scared about fail or all this bad stuff yeah, and I think on this note, we may end our program. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, have, have a nice day and goodbye. Hope you had a nice trip with us. We will be back next Wednesday from 5 to 6 with a new destination. Remember to tune in to 89.6 Mustard FM. <laughs>